moviegoers. I'm your host, Megan Reyes. And I'm Anna Fernandez. And this is Cinemascope. Okay, hi Anna. Hi. So Liv isn't with us today. That's okay. Um, today we decided to review the new Netflix original, Enola Holmes. So what what did you think of this movie? Cast first. Um, this movie starred Millie Bobby Brown as Enola Holmes, the youngest sibling in the famous Holmes family. Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes, the second oldest of the Holmes. So I was texting you guys as I watched this movie and I went, I'm absolutely obsessed with Sherlock. <laughs> what did you think of him? Um, I thought he was kind of mysterious. I honestly didn't like him at first. And it was kind of that first impression of like Mycroft because of kind of, you know, like they just came up as really mean and, and like they were, they came in as the villains at the beginning, mm-hmm. which they sort of kind of wore throughout the movie more like more Mycroft than Sherlock. Yeah, I was going to say Sherlock is just, he just wanted what was best for his sister. Mm-hmm. Sam yeah. Calfin as Mycroft Holmes, the eldest of the Holmes siblings, and Enola's legal guardian. Helena Bonham Carter as Eudora Holmes, the matriarch of the Holmes family. Louis Patridge as Tewksbury. Byrne Gorman as Linethorn. Adil Akhtar as Lestrade. Susie Wakoma as Edith. Hattie Morham as Lady Tewksbury, Tewksbury's mother. David Bammer as Sir Will... Wilm Brell Tewsbury, his uncle, Francis Delator as the Dowinger, Claire Rushbrook as Mrs. Lane, and Fiona Shaw as Miss Harrison. One thing that I thought about this cast was I thought they were phenomenal. I I think, especially for me, if I see familiar faces, it gets me into the movie a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like you said. Mm -hmm. So, as usual, we are going to read through the synopsis, and then talk about our thoughts as we go. Enola Holmes is the youngest sibling in the famous Holmes family, a free-wheeling, strong-willed, and boundary-pushing young woman. She is extremely intelligent, observant, and insightful, and defies the social norms for women of the time. Her mother, Eudora, has taught her everything from chess to jiu-jitsu, and encouraged her to read every book in Ferndale Hall, their home, and was a lover of war games. Something that I definitely noticed was that she breaks the fourth wall a lot. What do you mean by that? Um, Enola breaks the first wall, fourth wall, so she will talk to you, which I appreciate. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. So at first, I was kind of like, I feel like whenever I watch a movie, that's kind of like a big no to me. Right. I. I thought it was a little weird how she kept like looking back at the audience almost as if she could like like pause the current situation she was in and just talk to the audience. I thought it was a little weird and a little bit like cheesy just like the camera angles weren't everything on those parts. I kind of got used to it. It kind of fit in with like the mood of the story mm-hmm. and of the movie. It kind of fit but it's just something that you don't see really often because it's, it's hard to do without it being like really like cheesy and awkward I kind of got Jim from the office vibes when he (laughs) makes a funny face at the camera Mm -hmm. Uh, with Millie Bobby Brown's character in this movie 
whenever her brothers say something stupid, she just kind of looks over at the camera and kind of gives off a vibe of, well, we already knew that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the first things I wrote down in all caps was, I freaking love Helena Bonham Carter. (laughs) Yeah. And then the second thing, which is also in all caps, I love Sherlock Holmes. So (laughs) if you guys know me in real life, you know that I love Sherlock Holmes. I love Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) I, I love everything that has to do with Sherlock Holmes. And so to see this kind of flip flop to see his sister, I thought was interesting. Um, I haven't watched, like, any, like, Sherlock Holmes movie, so this was actually kind of, like, my first time. I know, um, Megan is making a really funny face right now. It was sort of my first time. So, I mean, the impression wasn't the best, but it was there. He made somewhat of an impression. Uh, Well, especially, I don't think, and I can understand what you're saying, but I don't think the impression was supposed to be on Sherlock Holmes, so if you went into this if you go into this expecting it to be a Sherlock Holmes movie, you're going to be disappointed because it's not about Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Even though he is in this, it's it's about his sister and they are two completely different people, even though they are exactly the same. Right. He was more of like a side character in the story, whereas I feel like in other movies, he'd be more like the main character. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to talk about in this movie, Enola Holmes's mom, who was Helena Bonham Carter. That woman can play like any role and she did this role so well. I I kind of love to see how this because I know that the standard for a woman like back then was like, you know, housewives who clean. I love how she taught Enola how to how to do everything herself, how to be independent, how to live on her own. I felt like that was that really fit her her I don't know how to explain it. It really fit her character as like um right. outside of the box kind of Woman. Right, and Helena, it's it's very, she gets typecasted a lot, so Bellatrix Lestrange, or I don't remember who played her, who, what her character was in, um, she plays a role in the, um, what's the one with the vampire? Right, that's what I'm trying to remember. Yeah, you guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> if, like, she gets very non-motherly roles, and she gets very cold isolated roles and and to see her in kind of a warm loving light I thought was a nice change of pace even though there is still some of that typecast in there like she's very odd and she's very independent I thought that was nice I agree I've never personally seen her as in this movie I wouldn't necessarily call her like a good character but I wouldn't call her a bad character I felt that at the beginning she was good and in the end she was really mysterious and like right I was very confused throughout the whole thing because I I I was thinking to myself who is this woman so basically in the middle of the movie Enola wakes up in her 16th birthday Mm -hmm. and um her mom is gone they don't know where she is and then all of a sudden, her brothers come for her. They come to their house, mm-hmm. and they start trying to enroll Enola into, like, a school. A finishing school. Blah. Yeah. And Enola kind of goes crazy. <laughs> she she goes, oh, I'm not doing this. No way. So she, like her mother, she books it. She gets out of there. And she makes her, she makes her first goal to find her mother at mm-hmm. first, because at this point, we don't know what she's doing or what she's planning. We just know that she's a strange woman. 
I, I, th I think a thing that I liked about that was the little, it was like a scavenger hunt and we love a good scavenger hunt. Um, I, I think something that really stuck with me was the flowers that her mother painted. Right. Because each flower has a different meaning and I appreciated that. I thought it was a good detail. Another thing that I really like, and I'm a stickler for costumes, but the costumes were very accurate. I like the costumes were, too. And I, I'm a little bit of a fashion historian, like I like to do that kind of research. And they they were very accurate. The the whale court the whalebone corset, mm -hmm. um, that's what those would have looked like. And the hoop skirts, hoop skirts suck. <laughs> Can confirm they suck. Um, oh, something else I wanted to talk about at the beginning of the movie before we move on was that Mycroft is very hoity-toity. So he's very prim and proper, and he's incredibly misogynistic, which kills me. The difference between Mycroft and Sherlock is Sherlock is an enigma. He is not a regular person. Um, again, you, I'm like you haven't watched any other Sherlock Holmes things, but I watched Sherlock, and I'm like rewatching it now. But they talk about how he's a sociopath, so he doesn't have the ability to be misogynistic. That is not a part of his brain chemistry, and it's similar in the books. He he does he is not misogynistic. He doesn't care about other people. He cares about himself, which I thought was nice in this because you kind of get opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. With that information, I think they portrayed that really well. I didn't know that, but I feel like that fit his character, It how he was kind of neutral and more. I feel like now that you say that, I feel like I noticed how the entire plot of the story, he was more worried about how it was affecting him or like his family, always like relating back to him. I agree. He also says a lot, you, if you don't do this, you're not my sister anymore. And at one part in the movie, which we'll get to, she's like, well, I won't be your sister and I will be proud of it because he's a horrible person. Mm -hmm. So back to the synopsis. Anola finds clues and money left by her mother and escape disguised as a boy. I thought that was funny. Millie Bobby Brown, it's, I'm going to interrupt the synopsis for a second. Millie Bobby Brown is a very, like, she has very feminine features. She like, she has a heart-shaped face, like, she, she has very feminine features, and so to see her dressed up as a boy, I thought was funny. Mm -hmm. On the train, she finds out, she finds a young Vince Count Tewksbury hidden in the travel bag. She thinks he's a fool, but warns him that a man in a brown bowler hat named Linthorne is on the train, searching for him. To escape, Anola and Tewksbury jump off the train together and flee to London, where they part ways. Disguised as a proper Victorian lady, she continues to trace her mother and leaves cryptic messages in the newspaper personal advertisements for Eudora to find. As Enola continues to search for her mother, she learns that Eudora is part of a radical group of suffragettes. Strong, independent women. We agree. Linthorn corners Enola and ducks her head repeatedly into a vat of water as she desperately tries to tell him she doesn't know where Tewksbury is. Despite her pleas, he attempts to drown her, but she manages to set off explosives and escape. She decides to pause the search for her mother and instead find Tewksbury again to save him because he is not capable of defending himself. Meanwhile, Mycroft enlists the help of Inspector Lestrade of Scotland Yard to track Enola down. Um, she goes into kind of a tea shop 
and at the top of the at the second story there's a whole self-defense class going on and like we have like like we've said before back in the back in those days that was not acceptable for women to do at all and i think it was nice because those things were going on we just didn't see them and we don't see them in other movies set in this time period and i think it again that was a nice change of pace yeah um okay so as far as like when she went into at first she went into that one shop where she changed into a nice gown because she knew that her brothers would be looking for her mm-hmm. um i thought that was kind of like a cool detail and um that was, there was a little comedy in that too because like the dress owner did the store owner didn't want to sell her anything until she pulled out like the money and then it was kind of like a comedy tiny detail uh but then all of a sudden I did think it was kind of, I feel like the circumstances were just a little bit weird. Like she ended up at that hotel and then she went to that one tea shop, um, Mm -hmm. obviously following her mother's clues. I don't know. I feel like things were convenient. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Everything in a city like London, especially with no technology, like nowadays, like you can't just, she couldn't have just saw her mother's clue, grabbed her phone, typed into Google Maps, and gone there. I feel like since she's never been with civilization, she should have had a harder time finding everything than she did. And I get that the movie um, producers probably didn't want to add that in because it was obviously boring and there wasn't enough time. But it just, it didn't really reflect, um, it didn't reflect her never going out in public in her life. Right. But again, if you think about it, they are the Holmes family, and they all are all psychopaths. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I don't use that term lightly. They, do, their brain chemistry is so completely different than mine is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, if I was in her situation, I would have a panic attack. I would freak out. But with them, they're very calm and cool and collected, and I, I just think that's interesting yeah i agree she wasn't ever like freaked out about like not being like she wasn't freaked out of being about being on her own and that's also part of like how her mom raised her i right. feel like as independent she really was like okay i gotta sleep alone no problem that's okay yeah. she was really like um strong-headed about that when she goes to i think it was called Limehouse, where her mother was hanging out and trying to you know conduct history things and she found those bombs and i just thought to myself wow who is this lady the entire time throughout the entire movie i i was just thinking so is her mom like an assassin is she a part of like the secret order how what where um she's um she's mysterious and like I feel like tiny little spoiler like we never really get to know what she right which i was just a little bit annoyed about because i wanted i get that they wanted to portray her as like mysterious mm-hmm. but i wanted to know what her mom had been planning this entire time right i think miss mysterious and incomplete are two different things and i feel right. like her mom's storyline was incomplete. I think that's the best way to put it, definitely. Uh, it was definitely missing. It a was lot missing. of things. Yeah, even though she wasn't the main character, you, I don't feel like 
as a if I was ever a producer, I would never leave write that off like that easily. Right. I would pull something else out. Yeah, right. She just kind of appeared and then over. Like it was over. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like the whole purpose of the movie when she left, um, when she ran away was find my mom, find out what my mom is doing. And we found her mom, but did we really find her for long? And what was she doing? Right, because we do find out a little bit of her plan because I think, again, it's said that she was a part of a radical suffragette group. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what she was doing was to get a bill passed. But what was that? That was not her whole plan. And I wish we had seen more of her. Mm -hmm. Because she's an interesting, complex character. She, she, they, at the beginning, when she suddenly disappears, I feel like they have the whole audience intrigued, and the whole audience, they want to keep watching the movie to find out where this is going to go, and then it's kind of disappointing. It's, like, almost as if the storyline starts one way, and then she meets this boy, and then and it just flips, yeah, because yeah. it's, it started off, and we sound like we're repeating ourselves, but, like, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it starts off with her mom going missing, and Anola's like, oh my gosh, I have to find my mom. And then she meets this boy and she gets completely sidetracked. And then at the end, she she comes back for like 30 minutes and is is, is like, hey, hi, um, I'm here. And we don't ever get to see anything else. And then she leaves again. And I was so frustrated with that. I was really frustrated as well. And I feel like they did show how she was raised to be an independent woman and her mom never wanted to her to go like back for other people right. you know family of psychopaths and all that but like the entire movie she was doing the opposite of that and they did show some kind of like internal conflict going on inside of her like oh i don't want to go back but i know that i should go back for right. him and i honestly don't know how i feel about that because I guess I get that the movie was centered around the boy but I it felt more like a side plot of the story right and I'm not oh my okay <laughs> I'm gonna I'm about to go off on a tangent <laughs> something that really irritated me is that the, the boy was brought in as kind of a way to keep the plot going but I knew as soon as I saw him I I thought to myself that's going to be her love interest and that's going to turn the whole story on its head and and it's that's going to bug me because the whole premise of the movie i think was supposed to be finding her mom and evading her brothers to experience i thought he was a great character but he was not a great character for this movie i agree and i think the most the part in the movie where i was annoyed the most was when the entire movie, she showed care for this character, for for the boy. She cared. She genuinely wanted to go back and help him because, like, she thought that, that that's what she wanted to do. And I was really, really, I was, like, annoyed as an understatement when he asks her to stay and she goes, uh, no, I'm going to be by myself. I felt like that kind of contradicts the entire plot of the movie. Right. If they were going to do that, which I think they should have, I think that she should have been like, no, actually, I'm going to go. They, yeah. It shouldn't have been a love interest. It should have been a best friend. Oh, exactly. Make him a rabbit. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
that annoyed me a lot because it was it was the opposite of her care the character that they built up they literally and it wasn't even like a surprise thing where it was like oh wow it wasn't a wow moment it was like a that's really stupid moment right like we're gonna get to that part later but did you know who the bowler hat guy was when you saw him like as soon as you saw him or was that just me no i did not so that that. was just me So, meanwhile, Anola warns Tewksbury and helps him escape, but is caught by Letstrade and imprisoned in Miss Harrison's finishing school by Mycroft. She, while they were on the carriage ride to Mrs. Harrison's boarding school, Anola cried and I cried. I don't cry during movies. I've cried during Where the Red Fern Grows and Avengers Endgame. <laughs> and I sobbed. I was so upset because... He, like, she had worked so hard to get to where she was in her investigation, and he was just like, nah, fam, and just Mm -hmm. put her back, and that made me so angry. So I I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because I was angry, but that made me really mad. (laughs) Yeah, um, especially, I was really pissed off at Mycroft at that point when they were in the carriage, and he was like, oh, and give me the money, and I was like, I wanted to, like, be in that movie and just push him out of the carriage or, like... Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's... Mycroft, they definitely did a good job of portraying him as a villain. He definitely looked like one. I don't think he was a villain, though. I think he was just kind of somebody that was designed for us to hate. Right. I think that it really depends on your first, like, everyone's first, like, perspective and impression of him. Mm-hmm. To some people, I could, I totally understand how he's supposed to be, like, the character we hate, but, like, for the entire movie, I saw him as the villain, because it was kind of, like, the person who went against everything the main character wanted, and I don't know, to me, like, my perspective, that just Wait, that, yeah, that as, is a, a as a villain. I don't know, that, that's just me, though, and I completely, like, understand, like, why he would just be a character to hate because he was he okay uh, he did have Enola's best interest he wanted her to be educated but that's not what Enola wanted and Enola I feel like she was decently educated you know she she knew a lot her mom made her read I felt like she had a pretty decent level of education to keep her going with life and her brother all he wanted was he wanted her to go marry some husband and become some housewife to the husband, which is everything that Nola was taught to hate. So, and so I just saw him as opposite. a villain. Right. He's yeah. kind of the opposite of everything that her mother wanted to be. Yeah. And again, this is a mystery movie and mystery movies are all I watch ever, ever, ever. And I like to think that I'm pretty familiar with archetypes and I think that there's always a person or a character in a mystery movie that is supposed to sidetrack you from everybody else who is a suspect and who who the villain actually is. And I think that's who he was. Right. He was still a villain, and I, like, see your point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think by far, though, as much as I hated him, I hated the lady, the owner of the school, even more. I could not stand her. I was like, somebody who is giving this lady so much screen time, why is she so on the screen? I hated her. Right. Okay, so Sherlock visits Enola and admits that he is impressed by her detective work. 
Tewksbury sneaks into the school, hidden in a wicker basket, and they escape together, stealing Mrs. Harrison's motor car. I thought that was funny. I liked her car. I thought it was great. I liked too, yeah. They reach a fork in the road, and rather than returning to London, Enola decides that they must go visit Tewksbury's home and face his uncle, who she has deducted was trying to kill him. The house is seemingly deserted, and Linthorne attempts to shoot them, but they manage to overcome him. Tewksbury's grandmother is revealed to be the real villain. <laughs> she had his father killed and attempted to kill Tewksbury, not wanting him to take his father's place in the House of Lords and vote for the Reform Bill, which he, he supports, but his grandmother opposes. So, actually, right now, I'm going to go ahead and put a clip in of a speech that she had earlier in the movie. Beautiful, isn't it? It always felt an honor to me that my family was given this part of England to protect. To protect? That is what it is to be an ancestral landowner. As the world becomes increasingly unstable, it feels important that these ideas of England are preserved for the safety and security of the future of our country. When he talks about being inducted into the Lords, I thought, okay, maybe somebody is trying to make sure that he doesn't get into the Lords. And then when his grandmother made that speech that y'all just heard, I thought, okay, Bowler Hat Guy is trying to kill Tewksbury because his grandmother says that England is up of the utmost priority and needs to be protected and preserved. The whole thing with the lords and how they wanted like some specific act to be passed. I thought that in the story, it was a really important part of the story, which they simply, um, I don't know how to word this. They simply like went over really quickly. Like they, they, right. they were just like, oh, this is happening. And it was, we didn't, we only got to see Anola's uh, train of thought. We didn't get to see like, an explanation of the situation so i was right. extremely confused for a solid 20 minutes yeah. I was like, what is going on i don't understand and it wasn't until the grandmother came out with like a gun guns a blazing just shooting that night i was that i actually understood you know backtracking a little bit do you remember when enola got stabbed in the limehouse and her corset stopped it oh yes I thought it was so clever that Tewksbury had on that suit of armor or like the armor, the chest plate underneath his jacket. It was an irony, really. It, it was right. like a flashback to a point in the movie where he wasn't there, but it, it was ironic. Right. And I think, again, like besties, like I don't, I, I just, I feel like they would have been so much better as besties in Love and Chess. I agree. And not have ended up with each other, like, I mean, not that they did, but, like, stayed, stayed in contact, you know? Right, uh, besties! <laughs> yeah, and we never really got to see what happens to, like, her future, like, what does she go right. and do the rest of her life? Sherlock arrives at the Scotland Yard, and Lestrade asks him two questions. Firstly, how he managed to solve the case. I solved the case halfway through the movie, so, like, that's <laughs> not that difficult because <laughs> I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> and secondly, how his sister solved it first. And one of the trademark things that Sherlock Holmes does is his, ha! Like, that's, yeah. like, it, it happens in every single Sherlock Holmes um, 
movie, TV show, Benedict Cumberbatch does it, Robert Downey Jr. does it, Henry Cavill did it, and I, as, as a very big Sherlock Holmes fan, I screamed, I was so happy, um, and I thought it was great how he was just like, wow, my sister's pretty awesome, mm-hmm. because that's what was going through his mind at that point. Um, thought it was a nice detail that she, it was, it was like being a detective, sort of like, not necessarily being a detective, but like having that trait, I like that having that trait of like, um, like wanting to solve mysteries ran in between Sherlock, Enola, and the mom, and I really liked how Mycroft didn't have it, because to me, he seemed like an ordinary asshole of a person. Yeah, that that was I I liked how he didn't have that special talent because I felt that he was different from the rest of his family members. He was not the same at all. Right. So he was kind of not a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I don't know if psychopath is the word we've been using it this whole episode. Maybe sociopath. Um. Maybe. I believe- I think that the difference is that psychopaths are more, like, retained and, like, meticulous and, like, planning, while sociopaths are more, like, reckless. Yeah, okay, so psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Whole conversation. Um, Yeah, I I like that you said that, because I agree with that completely, and I thought it was kind of interesting to have this family of eccentric people, and then Mycroft is just this person normal person who's been stuck with a weird family okay so we're on the home stretch (laughs) anola deciphers a message she finds in the newspaper but deduces that it is not set by her mother but by sherlock at the meeting point sherlock and mycroft eventually give up while anola is disguised yet again as a boy watches and leaves an old toy for sherlock to find Despite knowing that Anola was there, he chooses not to look for her, which I thought was sweet. Mm-hmm. I thought that was sweet. It was. Something that their mother says in the beginning, there are two paths you can take, Anola. Yours or the one other chooses for you. And I like that because that is a very big central message in this. It is. In this movie. Because on one hand, you have... Mycroft, who is trying to get her to be a normal human being, and then you have Sherlock, who wants her to be kind of like this detective, like him, and she kind of goes the middle route. She does. She, I like how she doesn't necessarily comply to either one of the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. She's, she, I feel like what Mycroft wanted was a very, like, typical misogynistic like um you're a housewife that's it what um sorry what um Sherlock wanted was more of a um you're be a detective be a detective but um follow follow more of society's routes you know right and and she kind of thought I'm not gonna do what either of these two people want because I'm me and I'm perfect in my own way, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I thought it was sweet because I think Mycroft still has it in his head that she needs to be this person. And Sherlock has it in his head, like, 
she's going to do what she's going to do. And I can't stop her from doing that. And you can't stop her from doing that. So we're just going to let her do it. Right. And I mean, in the end, she does say that she becomes her own person. She becomes a detective. I wish, again, we would have gotten to see her live that life. And maybe like just even a short, like five minute flash, flash forward of like what her life ended up being. Or something that they do in some other movies, they will have in the credits kind of a yeah yeah of things that she's done like they could have had a newspaper that says Anola Holmes solves giant bank robbery or something like that that would have been an excellent it would have been great so so that we as an audience could see how far she progressed right and maybe like a newspaper clipping with like what her mom ended up doing felt like Maybe I would have loved to see what her mom ended yes. up doing. That would have been a perfect way. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I choose to believe that she blew up the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I would have like liked full evidence. There was a lot of like secrecy surrounding the mother and you know she held those secret meetings in her house with all those people and it was uh a secret society and it was the basic in the beginning of the movie it laid a foundation and again an incomplete it was an incomplete storyline right and i don't know if they did that to kind of leave the audience wondering wow what did she do or wow i wonder what she did after that but i just, i i feel like doing that and doing what they did do not line up right um as for like the end of the movie i wouldn't want a part two but with the amount of like mystery they left they could do a part two like they could explain where she went in life and they could do like a part two of like her later in life maybe her i don't maybe what happens to her mom but like the part two wouldn't necessarily have enough to be a full movie. That's yeah. why I feel it's incomplete. It's because they wouldn't have an entire movie. It was something that they should have added, which could have been added in like 20 minutes extra like tops. They could have explained what her mother was doing. Um, they could have shown where Nola was going and then that was it. They would have had a complete storyline, but they didn't do that. Right. And it's like our first episode, like the babysitter Curly Queen, we didn't need that, and it was a good addition, but we didn't need it for for this right. story. We need that, but they would have to work very, very hard to to make it a good sequel. Right, I agree. I I agree completely with that. They could do like like a Pixar short, like they could do like a maybe twenty minute like a, a short film, right? Maybe like a short add on. Right. Or they could release a director's cut. And this movie wasn't very long, so I, like, I agree with you. They could have taken 20 minutes tops to put that in. Yeah. And I wish they had. Right. To just minimally, like, explain, because I have, I think, I was genuinely surprised when the movie ended. I was like, wait, what? What? I was waiting for more and there wasn't more. Like, you know how sometimes at the credits, they also do that thing where like, they play like short clips. Like sometimes it's bloopers, but sometimes it's like 
what would have happened. You know what I mean? Like at yeah. the end of credits or like during the credits. Um, I was also waiting for that and I was like, oh, there's nothing. Yeah. Or like they could have taken a page out of Marvel's book and done a post credit scene, but they didn't. And I feel like, I, f I feel like we are picking at this a little too meticulously, but that's our job. That is what we are here to do for you guys. And I just, I liked the story. I loved the story. I liked seeing another side to the Holmes family, but I wish there had been more. Right. Um, as far as the story goes, it was, I mean, obviously we're here to pick it apart. It was a good story. It had minor plot holes that are a little like, you know, like, it's they're hard to get around, but, like, the movie itself, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. The acting was pretty good. The scene, um, the scenery was good. Felt like the props, the costumes, everything was, like, on point. As far as, like, the movie production itself, it was good. The plot has some questionable stuff. If I were to rate it out of 10, I would probably give it, like, an 8, maybe a 9. Right. Um, 8.5, I feel like, is a safe spot. <laughs> right, right. Just for that that tiny plot hole, which really, really bothered me, honestly. Right. So, would you watch this movie again? Okay. Well, I feel like this movie is sort of like a one-time watch thing, unless um, it, it's, a, it, it's a part of like, as you're saying, the Sherlock Holmes, like, the movies, it's, it's, it fits, you know, it has something to do with, with Sherlock Holmes himself, so I feel like it's a one-time watch thing, where it's kind of cool to, like, gain a little bit more perspective on, like, other aspects of Sherlock Holmes' life, even though that's not what the movie was about. Mm -hmm. I probably would not watch it again, unless, like, I was looking for a specific detail in it, or yeah. like something maybe to understand the whole situation a little bit more that's the only reason i would watch it again i know that this was also based on a book mm -hmm. so this was based on a book series that came out in i think the, the first one came out in 2006 um so we're still not done when she returns to her lodging she finds her mother waiting they embrace it and eudora explains why she had to leave and why she must leave again but she expresses how impressed she is that anola and what anola has become anola has found her freedom and her purpose she is a detective and finder of lost souls i wish and i know we just went over this but i wish that they had explained why she had to leave because in that they she was there for a good two three minutes yeah. and they didn't explain anything it was just kind of i'm so proud of you anola right, it was a mother mother and um daughter moment that's all it was right it was i'm so proud of you anola i'm happy on what you become and i have to leave again so bye but yeah. i wish it had been a i love you anola i'm so proud of you here's why I left you. I'm not a terrible mother, but here's why I had to leave you. I have to leave again. Bye. Right. They left, they left her, her role in that scene was a very cold role. And the, uh, and that like at the beginning, they portrayed her as like a loving character. So hey. it was really like opposite ends of the spectrum. And I feel hey. that as far as like from Okay, so if you go from, like, the beginning of the movie until, like, the last 30 minutes, I would give that a 9 out of 10, but those last 20, 30 minutes, they really just chipped away from the movie. Right. Uh, 
and and it, it, it makes me sad. Yeah, it it does. It honestly, at the beginning, it says that my so Anola spelled backwards is alone, and they play on that throughout the entire movie. And she says that it's ironic that my name is alone, but me and my mother were always together. And at the end, it makes it seem like she was absentee, which is right. not the case. Mm-hmm. And you can't just change your mindset. You were with your daughter. Right. And they were so close. And it, it, it's, it's strange to me that she would just up and leave for no reason. Exactly. Okay. And this is like, I feel like just like what I want to touch on like lastly, her age was just a tad bit off for me. I feel like at 16, I get that you should like this adventurous type, but you're not like fully old enough yet. I feel like they, sh- they should have changed it to 18. I feel like the, the relationship with the mother would have been like so much more developed mm-hmm. with her until she was 18. And it would have portrayed her as more of an adult than a kid running through a city. Yeah. Um, so Millie Bobby Brown, I think, is younger than I am. And I, w- I was born in December 3rd, 2004. So, like, I think she's younger than I am. And I, I think her portraying a 16-year-old is accurate. Like, a 16-year-old portraying a 16-year-old is accurate. Right. And I like that she portrayed Enola because I think she was the perfect actress for that. She was. But I, I, I do agree with you. I, I think that it should have been maybe 18. She also, at one point when she first meets the rest of the Tewksbury family, she dresses up as a widow. And they believe it. That, okay, that part was very, like, ridiculous and um, strange to me. Because a 16-year-old girl, even with the veil on your head, there is, like some differences in like the way you talk um especially like when you're isolated your whole life you would expect her to have like I know that she was like supposed to be a sociopath but like the weird kind of like interactions when you don't know how to right uh, hold a conversation and I feel like she wasn't awkward at all right and and again that might be us just reading into it a little bit her mother may have taught her how to have a good conversation but Again, they didn't expand on that, and mm-hmm. I wish they had. So, like, overall, this movie's a great movie, If, but we are just picking it apart bit by bit. I wouldn't say, like, go out of your way to watch it, but one day, maybe if you're bored, like, sitting on your couch and you have absolutely nothing to do, it's definitely a great movie to pass time. Right, or, again, if you're like me and you're obsessed with Sherlock Holmes, definitely watch this, just so that you can kind of see how the different homes act but don't go out of your way to watch it yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's a great not- movie but i feel like it's very juvenile right mm-hmm. it's i feel like the target audience is um kids. more for like kids and like maybe like um you know uh 11 through 13 maybe 14 it's more of like an entertainment movie more than a right. movie to like make your brain think right and I, I, it might just be me being used to, you know, only watching Marvel movies. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. You can find Cinemascope on Spotify, Apple Music, and on Wolf Tracks Online. Please make sure to check out wolftracks.com.
our Instagram and our Twitter, which are also both Wolf Tracks. You can find Liv and Anna on another podcast called Seriously Ridiculous. Go check it out. It's awesome. It's very fun. And we'll be back next week.